failure project to make sure that we're all looking at what gifts do come from adversity. It's a really holistic way of looking at human endeavor. Though I'm sorry, there's something so amusing about it. But of course, students who go to Harvard have to be taught how to fail. (laughs) Well, you know, Drew Faust, the president of Harvard, has said, that's right, Harvard students are very used to being successful. Being seen as a failure it goes against your understanding of yourself, so you do need some support. But I think it's important to feel as if you're in lineage. When you look at the lives of so many individuals, from Martin Luther King to J.K. Rowling, Oprah, you start to understand that we really do need to master this. It's the one thing we're never really taught. Hmm. Being underestimated, though, for me personally, did propel me on this journey. I think it's a unique experience when someone looks at you because of maybe your youth or your gender or your race. And without even opening my mouth, I I know that I might be seen as a failure to meet a kind of standard in some people's minds. So it was a very kind of subconscious idea, thinking about the gift of being underestimated. But it certainly made me want to see how others had taken uncommon foundations and found in them strengths to have their own rise. One of the things that's kind of comforting about reading your book is discovering how many people have created what we consider masterpieces, you know, in Mm -hmm. writing or art or science, who actually considered their own work to be deeply flawed or even failure in some way or another. You write about Faulkner, for instance, who wrote The Sound and the Fury, never really thought it was done. Isn't that incredible? He didn't. After he published it and went on to achieve its iconic status, he felt that it was a near win, something I talk about a lot in The Rise. He published subsequent editions, different parts of the book he wanted to improve as an appendix 16 years later. He had an experience that many masters do, which is that there's a sense of incompletion in their project. Another example would be Paul Cezanne, who signed just under 10% of his paintings because he thought that the rest of the 90% were really incomplete. They didn't really meet his goal. Wow. Of course. Yeah. It's just amazing. So what do you mean when you talk about a near win? The near win, coming close to your goal but not meeting it, in athletic competition, it's an Olympic silver medalist or bronze medalist, for example, sometimes gives you propulsion that you never would have had if you actually met your goal and through it can find kind of groundbreaking endeavors and achievements. There's an interesting study that came out of Cornell. There was a study about these Olympic silver medalists versus bronze medalists and the researchers found that the frustration that the silver medalist had compared to bronze bronze medalist being happy to just not have received fourth place, made silver medalist really focus on follow-up competition in a way that bronze medalist did not. And that we see in many different athletic achievements from a Jackie Joyner-Kersey or a Julie Moss, whose near win popularized Ironman competitions. So the sense of, of the near win, I think, is a really interesting way to look at the kind of propulsion that we need to live in a way that focuses on not just success, but mastery, as I see it. This sort of journey of ever onward almost that over a course of a lifetime can result in really iconic achievements. But that's really fascinating because one of the things you're saying is it's not just any old failure <laughs> you need. There, there are good failures and even better failures in terms of their ability to motivate 
I love the way you put that. That's right. There are better failures than others, and coming close is one of them. We all experience this sort of gradation of failures in life. One of the ways of thinking about why the near win is so impactful is to imagine this sort of scenario. Say you're going to the airport, and you get there five minutes late, and you miss your flight. Compare that to the way you'd feel if you missed the flight by 30 minutes. If you miss it by five minutes... That's a lot worse. Right. It feels much worse. So that's the same phenomenon that's going on with these athletes and inventors and artists and entrepreneurs. Uh, that makes me think of the Silicon Valley mantra, fail better. Mm-hmm. You write about there's a whole Silicon Valley conference, or at least it started in the Silicon Valley, called FailCon. That's right. FailCon is a place where entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley and now around the world, there are many of them, go and can only speak about their failures. <laughs> and we're not just talking about any...